Fresh in Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I am your host, Tommy Fresh, and you are all of my buds. And today I am joined by a bud that many of you know, but hopefully more will know after this episode. It is Bryn Niebuhr. Just learned her last name five seconds ago, but we're, we're I'm, I'm doing pretty well, I think. Uh, I pronounced Incredible. it right. But, but Bryn uh, is part of the Banished Zone YouTube channel podcast box breaks all that fun stuff how are you Bryn I'm doing fantastic I just ate a delicious sandwich and I'm ready to talk about flesh and blood oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) Uh, well we'll be talking about food at the end as you probably know and (laughs) I uh, I will be asking what that sandwich was but I'm gonna try to hold it for now but before we get to Spence is killing me I know this yeah yeah look that's like you know that's how you build the viewership maybe you know, a little cliffhanger for the for the end of the the show maybe we'll say yeah, oh, stick around <laughs> to tune in next time or you could just scroll to the end of the show i don't recommend doing that uh do because uh, i don't know well, maybe you can but it doesn't matter uh, but before Manage we your get, impulse control yeah <laughs> before we get to all that <clears throat> i do want to shout out the to the patreon which you all can find in the show notes helps keep the lights on the mic's hot uh, we've been posting videos of of packs that we didn't open on the Bud Rush Bellum and throwing them onto the Patreon. That's a lot of fun. Some bonus apps. You get a Romping Club membership card, handwritten note, all that fun stuff. And uh, it, wow. it's it's very helpful. And, and, you know, obviously by no means required. I understand that the, the squeeze is real right now. I'm feeling it myself. So, you know, I'm just happy to have anyone listen. That's the, the best part. And, and that's a lot of fun. And... Uh, I mentioned the Bud Rush Bellow. You all can check out the Bud Rush Bellow on the Fresh and Buds YouTube if you're not watching this here or there. Um, we do that with Gary, a.k.a. Mr. Viz, on Wednesday evenings, 9.30 Eastern. Um, I believe the week that this comes out, uh, we I had to take a break for work, unfortunately, but that means we'll just be back the next week, and that is okay. Um, I also want to give a shout-out <clears throat> friend of the show Kugane reached out today said he was chatting with a uh, bud of his in Belgium um, named Bart Hendricks which is also happens to be my last name who who said that he really enjoyed fresh and bud so Bart if you're listening thank you so much and it's European brother yeah maybe we're long lost relatives um uh reach out you know we'll we'll figure it out we'll, we'll maybe send our dna in and see what happens but that is all the upkeep that we need to do because right now we need to get to the show because we're all about putting on a show here at fresh and buds and i am joined by Bryn. first of all how are you how is everything going how are you feeling i'm feeling good feeling feeling fresh Ooh. feeling buddy uh <laughs> <laughs> generally nice I mean, it's a beautiful day here. It's been very, very cold, and it's uh, it's more reasonable now. Don't even need a an under sweater under your big coat. Just a regular big coat is fine. It's yeah. kind of a nice beginning of fall or spring day, which is not necessarily good on the whole. But <laughs> I'm, it's a nice day. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I typically like the cold weather. I liked it nice and bitter, especially like in the winter. Like, you know, I don't want it like really cold. Like once it gets to spring, once it's spring, I want it to just the seasons to be right. And it's very yeah. depressing to me that I don't think we're really going to get much snow this year. Uh, Cause no, yeah, but it is what it is. But uh, I think I, wish it, I, I love snow in the winter. <laughs> I wish they would just like switch like a light bulb. Like I wish it was just like a frozen tundra until like March 1st. And then it was just beautiful butterflies, spring <laughs> bunnies. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, what's up with this unseasonable stuff that, that we've been <laughs> dealing with? But anyway, I think it's high time that the buzz get to know you, Bryn. You've been a part right. of the community for, for some time now. We've known each other through online and meeting each other in person uh, for some yeah. time as well. And this is a long time coming, getting you on the show. But first, I want to I want to. Here you know get a get a feel for you know who you are as a person in terms of gaming and and whatnot when did tcgs come into your life 
DCGs came into my life uh, December 2020, December 2020, or 2021, okay. right? So like last year. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I Flesh and Blood is my very first trading card game. Um, I had, I was a big Blizzard fan growing up. Like I like StarCraft and, and uh, Warcraft. I didn't really play much WoW. But when Hearthstone came out, I played it just because it was a Blizzard game. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked it a little. I played it for a couple months. But it was just another video game to me. Where I was like, this is an interesting system. Uh, and then it was like, buy more cards. And I was like, I'm not buying cards online. That's ridiculous. Um, so that was my closest like trading card game experience I had. People like gave me Pokemon cards when I was really little, um, but re I literally never played Magic in my entire life until this year. <laughs> so not very long experience. I'm 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 brand new to this. Well, you know, I love to hear that Flesh and Bloods. A lot of folks kind of first foray into the TCG space because. Well, I mean, first of all, you got it good, right? Like this game's awesome and <laughs> yeah. and it's new and it's fresh and it's like very, but but also kind of like emulates the experience of of like what a lot of these well-known card games felt like a long time ago, I, I feel like. And I think Magic is probably the best example of that. So you say you've played Magic now at now, this point. Yeah. Was that just like, you know, I'm playing Flesh and Blood. Maybe I'll give this magic thing a, a, a chance too. So I, I once I got into Flesh and Blood, I started going every week to my local game store uh, called Action City Comics in Brooklyn in uh, Greenpoint. Um, and uh, the everyone there, you know, used to play magic. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people used to play magic. And uh, the, the store owner, Eric, was like, you know, you should try it sometime. It's a fun game. Um and he was like, let me, he just like, let me give you two jumpstart packs. And we played the jumpstart decks. Um, that was the very first time I ever played Magic. And that was like five months ago. <laughs> so I played, I played two jumpstart games and that's it. And it was, it was okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, not, not to trash on Magic or anything. I mean, I had a lot of fun playing it and a lot of people do. And, and I don't want to fault anybody for that. There's a lot of trading card trading card games that I don't personally enjoy anymore that a lot of people do enjoy, and that's okay. That's the beauty sure, of yeah. <laughs> what's going on right now in TCGs. Now, you mentioned Blizzard, so you play a lot of StarCraft. Now, StarCraft, to my knowledge, is very competitive. Uh, were you competitive at oh, StarCraft? No. I <laughs> I played online. It was one of the first games I remember playing online, um, but I was very bad. Um it was sort of a more of a novelty thing where I could like get online and can't play campaign with my neighbor, you know, like we could both team up and, and go do fights and stuff. Um, I was not very good. I was young. I was probably 13, 14 when I was playing Starcraft. Um, but I was a big video game fan, uh, video game liker, um, just generally. So I, I played whatever I could get my hands on. I was also very poor growing up. So like, TCGs were like kind of hard to even if I was like interested in Pokemon or magic it was just like I didn't have any it was a lot of money to get into it so sure. I didn't have that really the access but you know it was in that middle area of like I had a computer and internet so <laughs> I played I played video games played a lot of adventure games and and uh and, you know point and click oh, puzzle yeah. games and stuff uh, that, well, that's the beauty of, of like video games, right? You know, you, you just you buy it once, and I mean, even sometimes at this point now, like there's a lot of free to play stuff. But like when, yeah. when we were growing up, you buy it once and you get to play it. You can get that fifty, sixty dollars of of value easily, right? Yeah, it just, especially as a kid, you could just like play it for years. It was like <laughs> I want to play that shit again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I talk about the game Gauntlet Dark Legacy every once in a while Ooh, that was yeah a, it was a you know just old school arcade dungeon crawler and dungeon i'll crawler. still boot that thing up and i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> like i wish like midway games didn't go out of business because that game was so awesome but yeah. <laughs> diablo Literally. doesn't scratch the same itch i don't think 
literally last night I was playing Diablo till way too late, Diablo <laughs> 3 on my Switch because I'm just like kind of itching for Diablo 4. I know, me too. Me too. Oh, <laughs> man, I can't wait. But that's awesome that, you know, uh, Blizzard, you know, is, is probably a pretty controversial company, but they've put out a lot of great oh, games. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, we don't need to get into all that. That's, that's for a different podcast. But it is, it is, um, it is really cool that, you know, they're – their games, you know, maybe not overwhelmingly, but like have a certain kind of uh, theme or or kind of archetype yeah. about them, right? You know, whether it's space like stuff with StarCraft or, or or just like fantasy with like World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Diablo, of course. And so, have you always had a kind of affinity for fantasy and sci-fi? I've always been a big sci-fi fan. Um, and I think, looking back, I think it's just because it, sci-fi generally rang to me as darker and stranger and had more interesting character design. Um, as a teenager, I was also really pulled into, like, horror, you know, like Lovecraftian stuff. Um, and I think all of that is sort of on some sort of spectrum of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um I was always sort of repelled away from Lord of the Rings, like knights and goblins and dragons and stuff, just because it seemed so, I don't know, prim and like neat. <laughs> um, just it was like, there's this one thing. It wasn't until Dark Souls that I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dark, like fantasy can be just as cool as sci-fi or, or um, horror, or whatever aesthetic. It just, I like it when, I like it when they're a little darker, which is what drew, drew me to Flesh and Blood. Yeah, well, Flesh and Blood, no doubt, you know, even if any piece of art you pick up from Flesh and Blood is, is some kind of brutal, brutal thing happening to uh, yeah. a ninja or a guardian or, or, or a brute sometimes, unfortunately. But, <clears throat> you know, yeah, poor brute. <laughs> and we're going to get to brute in a bit. But now I, I do it before we get to Flesh and Blood. You are a musician. If anybody's watching, you can see some keyboards oh, behind yeah. Bryn here. Don't, don't zoom me. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, being a musician and, and how that maybe will re- relate to, you know, content creation and, and even card gaming. Um, gosh. Uh, yeah, I've I been playing music my whole life. I've been in bands since I was a teenager. Um, really young. I've always been writing music. Um. I started a band, my current band, my most like sort of, I don't know, project I put a lot of time into. It's called Stay Inside. I started that band, or I didn't start. I joined that band in um, 2016, I think. It's been a while. Um, five, five, six years. And uh, it's a rock band. It's really fun. <laughs> um but I also make instruments for a living. I do electrical engineering. Um, so a lot of this sh- stuff you find see behind me uh, is my, my job area. Um, so, and I also like make music for other podcasts. I make music for, um, I've done music for movies and, and shows and stuff. Um, just depends. Huh? It's kind of, that whole area is where I make my money. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I'm a huge music fan, and I think it's really cool. Now, ha- you, you mentioned for other podcasts. Have you made any music for any other Flesh and Blood creators? I made a a little intro thing for Paranine. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Paranine, mm-hmm. I've been on his channel before, and um, that's yeah, very Del cool. Yeah, Del and Vera. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, both of them. I only got to talk to Delio on the on the, his channel though. But I met Vera in Jersey. Now, <clears throat> uh, I do want to get to Flesh and Blood. You mentioned that you started playing Flesh and Blood in December 2021. Yeah. So uh, that's in the height of well, well, I guess probably right when we hit that first lull after Tales of Aria and like the competitive season. Uh, how right did, before Everfest, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right before Everfest. What was it that made you start playing this game since you've never played a TCG before? So it's a little embarrassing. I <laughs> I was it was like, you know, as most people had a really bad time during the pandemic. Um 
I w- I was just doing stuff that didn't stuff I wouldn't normally do, but like I was on TikTok watching this uh this account called Kraken Hits <laughs> and they were just opening Pokemon packs. Sure. Um and I was just watching that a lot, like to fall asleep. Just be like, oh, Oddish, big Pikachu, you know, like um and I, I was like, because when I was a kid, I had, I, I like collected basketball cards, like when I was really young, like five, six years old. Um, so I kind of missed the pack opening, like hunting, because I'm like, you know, I, th- I was like, that'd be fun. It'd be cool if there was a card game that was for adults that I would like to play. Um, and I looked online and ever, through my whole life, people have just been like, don't get into magic. It's toxic. It's boring it's you know not boring but it's uh it's expensive blah blah blah. all these reasons um mm-hmm. and i kind of was just like pushed away from it to be honest uh by the community by people who played <laughs> um <laughs> so i was like i just for whatever reason had in my head like i was like well not magic so i just googled like best trading card games and on the list on tcg player uh flesh and blood was in the top five um of like most sells and as i was like What's flesh and blood? Because I knew Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and Magic, so I was like, "What's flesh and blood?" And then I looked at the art, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> um, the art looked really cool. Um, you know, there was really I, I I remember seeing like Shadow Leviathan stuff and and uh, like the cru- Crucible uh, Guardian stuff, like Mangle and like like oh, this yeah. is crazy. <laughs> um, and I watched some videos. I think a professor video and some people who don't do flesh and blood content anymore. Um, just being like, yeah, buy some blitz decks go. So I went to my local game store and, and bought, I think four, I wanted to get the Leviathan deck cause she was the coolest looking one, but they didn't have it. So yeah. I got, I think prism, Briar, Oldham and Bolton. Um, and then we just started going to that store, action city and, and we got really hooked. My boyfriend had played Magic growing up, like pretty heavy. Um, so he like taught me how a little bit, and then uh, just thought the mechanics were incredible and really fun. And we couldn't stop playing each other, even with the stupid <laughs> blitz decks that like barely work. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that is a, that is a shame about those blitz decks. I mean, you know, I, I've talked about the Monarch ones, and and I mean, that's why I hate Prism. Not even because Prism was like oppressive, is <laughs> because I thought that deck sucked. I was like, why would anybody play this? And, what do these do? You make them and they go away. They block one. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so brutal. So you know, it, I was always so turned off by. It, but that, but somehow, right. Like these yeah. these blitz decks suck, and it still kind of hooked people like us, right? And- Absolutely. Well, once I once I because the very first game we played was I think Oldham versus Prism, and mm. I was just like destroyed. I was like, I don't know what this does. <laughs> and then I played Briar versus Bolton, and I was like, this game rules. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where I was just like, I can kill you so fast. Um, and yeah, once I won the first game, I was like, great, this is cool. It just takes um, that that first time to to let it click, right? And, and you know, was there anything beyond the art, the the gameplay, at the time that really sunk its hooks into you? That you know, I mean, here we are, well over a year later, and you're still playing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the design is just impeccable. Um, in and they're just very considerate. Uh, I really like that the team is small. I like it's like a passion project. I like that the um, intellectual property, like the the, it's not from something else. Like it's all this this world that they're making on their own, um, and they're just really considerate of like your money and time. <laughs> I mean, it's like it is a trading card game still, and they want you to open packs, and I certainly want to oblige, but they're they try to print it in a way where it's like the expensive cards you need one of, you know, the, except for the rare, you know, the exception like uh command and conquer or art of yeah. war or whatever. But um, generally it seems like they design it with like a very player forward mindset. Um, and it's just been really fun to learn about everything and like, like kind of enter this community. Um, everyone's been really, really nice and cool. Um, 
and I, I don't know, everyone feels like they're rooting for Flesh and Blood to succeed and for it to continue to be good. Um, and when criticism is, you know, I entered the game when when Starvo was released. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was <laughs> it was funny to like learn about people's what people don't like. You know, people were like, this is bad. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> He's good. And then he'll go away. And then that's all. I don't know. It didn't seem as big of a deal. It's interesting to look back a year ago and sort of have a different perspective on how they handled it and, you know, why it happened. Um, I still think it was a pretty interesting thing, Starvo. Um, It was kind of a fun meta where everyone had to figure out how to beat this boss. and then he went away. And I don't know. I think that's a really cool thing to happen. But <laughs> definitely people disagree with me. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you bring up some good points. I mean, the amount of times I've, I've heard people in the past couple of weeks say, like, kind of reminisce on that meta. <laughs> which is like, yeah. cra- It's crazy to me. Like, people are like, you know, they, they look at, like, these oldum decks that are taking, like, an hour and 50 minutes to play their top eight rounds. And they're like, oh, I remember Star Wars. You could just do this or that and and i'm like yeah i mean i guess whatever i mean we'll figure it out but you know it's kind of funny that you you phrase it like oh we're all trying to beat that one boss right (laughs) yeah like a video game like a big raid yeah maybe (laughs) that was the pve the whole time and and ls has never even told us it's like no this is the pve (laughs) the pve is the friends we made along the way (laughs) yeah so no that's, that's awesome now you are uh you're from new york city and uh, not originally. Not originally. I, you, you live in New York City. Where are you originally from? I should ask. Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah, but I, I've been here for thirteen years. Okay. So. All right. Now, how is the? You play every week at Action City, or almost every mm-hmm. week, I imagine. How is every the scene here. in New York City? The New York City scene is crazy because <laughs> I, I think we didn't really realize it, but. I didn't win an armory for like six months. <laughs> like we got into the game. I'm brand new to TCGs and I was just like eating shit for months and months and months. And it wasn't until after the pro tour when I started playing Kano um, that I won an armory. Um, and obviously Kano's very broken in Blitz <laughs> or was at the time. Um, but not a lot of people were playing him anyway. Um I think I was the only one at Action City. Um, and I, that was the first time I won a, uh, an armory. But what I've realized now is, like, we have so many good players here that, like, come to our store. Like, Michael Fang comes. Yanji Lee comes. Brody Spurlock was just here <laughs> uh, playing <laughs> playing Welcome to Wraith Draft with us for some reason. Um, Sean Yang uh, comes here often. Uh, he's, like, top 10 ELO in the world in Limited or something. Um so I didn't really know, but it's pretty funny actually <laughs> um, how good our, you know, how top tier our players are because I just thought I was bad and new. And then like, <laughs> you know, if I ever, I, I, when I went to Vegas, it was like, like I went to the calling and won like three games in the calling after six months after playing the game. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not terrible. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's sort of a sort of a shark tank over here. Um, it's hard not to go to a even an armory and run into, you know, someone who's won a calling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's 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 the greater greater New York metro area for sure. I mean, <laughs> oh god, the amount of I mean, I I, I see Daniel Rakowski almost every week at armory. It's, it's oh, like Dan. yeah, you know, <laughs> so like it's. It's it's rough up here, North Jersey, like Connecticut, New York. I mean, the tri-state area is brutal. But yeah, all those players they like do XP grinding too, so they're like yeah. just going to everything. Um, they really do, and you know, I think it makes it us better. I would assume. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But I feel pretty good about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, especially when you eke out a win every once in a while, it's very nice. Yeah, it's, beating Michael Fang feels fantastic. Oh. You're like, wow, I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm the best player in the world. Oh my god! <laughs> now, shout out that guy. He's awesome. Oh yeah, Mike's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Michael Fang's awesome. As that whole group's, they're great. You know, it's 
it's not even just lovely people that they're the best, but you know, I, they had been helpful to me when I was learning. And that was, that was, that means a lot because it also shows that they care about the game, not just winning, you know, which totally. is awesome. Um, now the banished zone is your, is your YouTube channel that you do with Chris. Can you yeah. can give a, give us a little, you know, look into, I'm going to let you plug it at the end, but I want to know like, you know, what can folks expect if they tune into your YouTube channel? Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's funny cause I, I kind of, so originally started the banner zone because I liked opening the cards a lot. That's kind of like why I got into the game, which is like, it's fun to open packs. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I was, I was looking at it specifically because I was watching the Pokemon cards opening. So once I found Flesh and Blood, I was like, you know, it's fun to have an excuse to open the cards. Um, you can't waste too much money, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, if I if I open enough cards, maybe people will do like the DM Armada, you know, fab, fab unsealed thing where it's like they pay me to open a box for them and send it. Um, so I just started doing it whenever I had a box to open. Um, and, you know, I was really only uploading like once a month, you know, because I'd buy a box every month or something and just see what I got or whatever, or if I found a cool deal. Um, but then me and my, me and Chris, my boyfriend, were just like just constantly talking about it. Chris has really fallen pretty hard in love with the game and, and just thinks about it constantly. And his, he won. He, he top aided two pro quests. He's like pretty good at the game. Um so, you know, we were just talking about it constantly about like the meta and the the lore and thinking about all of the stuff. And we were like, we should just do it because we already did a podcast together. And we we're like, it'd be fun to just do a weekly show, just have these sort of like, because, you know, at our LGS, we'll hang out till like midnight <laughs> every Tuesday <laughs> and just like shoot the shit about the game. Um, and that vibe. Um, that vibe just wasn't there, you know, there's Arsenal Pass and there's lots of and Manor podcasts doing high level gameplay, but like sort of and theorizing and generally talking about like commentating on how the game is going. Um I think at the time we decided to start doing it, I don't think Living Legends had started yet. Mm -hmm. And I think they're sort of the main one doing it now. Um, but whatever, we we had this like specific vibe. We were just like, I don't know if there's that many podcasts doing that. It's more, you know, let's not be an interview show. Let's just be a commentary show. Um, and so we thought, yeah, well, we'll give it a shot. And uh, it's been really fun. Uh, it's sort of a very casual analysis of holistically what's happening with the game and in the community, in the cards, in the lore, however it all ties together. Um, there's been a lot of news, so yeah. <laughs> sure. So, and and now that we started that, I feel like we have more listeners, and people want me to open their boxes more. So I have been doing that more too. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and and you you'll do those box breaks live sometimes. I know I pop in every once in a while, yeah. trying to. I, I, it's a little rough around the edges sometimes, like when especially when we do them in the store, because I like haven't dragged the the streaming set up there so i'll just do it on my phone mm -hmm. um but when we do it at my house it's you know i try to do it nice and <laughs> have two cameras and yeah it's uh i like to do them live and that's always fun to have people in the chat oh yeah oh yeah well yeah i mean live live is so much fun uh because you get that like actual interaction with the people that you know you yeah. know the podcast you know you put it out and you know maybe people will sometimes respond to you and tell you how they feel <laughs> they definitely people love to tell yeah. you how they feel on the internet i don't know if you ever noticed but it's very cool to get <laughs> it live sometimes so uh now do you, do, do you have any plans for 2023 is, or is it just you know continue to 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 pod and 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 hopefully crack some boxes i have uh oh wait what, do you mean in the game in general or, or for the, the banish zone or or in, or in um, general if you want <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think for now we're going to keep it to the, the podcast um, and, you know, box openings and bo hopefully battles when we can. I've got one coming up that's going to be a battle, um, which I think is always a fun little gambling <laughs> fun time. Uh, 
if we do make any more content, it'll probably be bonus content. Um, we have an idea to for a lore, sort of the same vibe as the um, show is now, but reading the lore book and every piece of lore they printed and just sort of like talking about what it could mean for the future of the game and, you know, how those things are connected and stuff. Um, we might do that, but we're both very busy. So, sure. <laughs> so you know, we're trying to fit it in as much as we can because this is a fun hobby we bond over and have a lot of fun together with. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, people are busy. I think it would, ideally we'd all love to just make content every day, all the time. And <laughs> It's you know. fun. I, I do it all the time. I do it probably a little too much, but... Uh. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, at least you're having fun doing it. Sometimes, you know, it becomes a chores when, when the issue comes, right? Now, oh, no, yeah. before we get to the fresh faves... You know, it's it's kind of that in between period when when we know Outsiders is coming, and very oh, well we no. could have heard something at Indie this past weekend, but this is pre-recorded because work is hell, and I hate myself. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what uh, what are some Outsiders predictions that you have? Oh my goodness! Um, I first of all, I'm very excited about Outsiders. It looks like it was a set made for me. Uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, I like Dark Souls and gothy, creepy shit. Um, so that's kind of, I'm very excited about that because all of the heroes look horrific and cool. Um, I really want Riptide to be really good oh, yeah. and very viable. Um, I've never played a ranger before and I'm I'm going to try and start jamming games of azalea and lexi just to sort of get a feel for because chris has a really good lexi deck put together um so i'm just gonna get get a feel of how it works but i think um i think he won't really use a bow as much as like i think he'll be able to use a bow but i think his main weapon will be something to do with hooks got a big hook and an anchor and both his young and adult yeah. Mm -hmm. Got a hook. And yeah. I don't know. I think his name is Riptide and LSS loves their puns. Oh yeah. And Rip Riptide is about like dragging stuff away or, or towards itself, right? So so I assume he's going to be like I'm really scared, honestly, that he's going to have Pulse Wave Harpoon printed on his hero text. Oh, like <laughs> Wow. That's like, quite the, the oh my god. Like he's gonna have a weapon that is like you have to block this. And I get to decide which card it is. And it might be like less powered. Like you don't have to show me all the cards or it's always only one. But mm -hmm. like there's going to be something about forcing people to block, I think, with him. Oh, that's awesome. I actually I really like that <laughs> that uh, that theory right there. And I really hope you're right. And I really hope for just it to be funny that we find out in Indianapolis what it is. And, and this is like... We, and we were you were right <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. time, Rin. That was crazy. <laughs> no Shadamas here. <laughs> but, no, I don't know. I mean, I I've never really been very right with like I'm not again, I, I'm not a game designer. I'm just a player and I don't have a history with these things. But what I do feel like I know kind of well is how LSS does things and just because it's the only thing I've been it's like my main hobby right now for the past year, so I know LSS likes puns and they like mm -hmm. to kind of describe what the hero does by their name. Um, Lexi is electric, you know, like Bolton is like gets go again. Cause he's bolting. Like they, <laughs> it's, it's kind of silly that they do that, but I think Riptide is going to drag you down in a way that is going to be very annoying <laughs> and I can't wait to play him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what else uh, is in the deep in the Riptide is Leviathans and then there's Leviathan. So maybe she absolutely. Comes in. Maybe a shadow <laughs> fable or something, you know, not asking for much. Uh, <laughs> let's get to yeah. the it's near the demonastery, yeah. Why close. Not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys make the rules, like, just listen to me, you know. <laughs> no. uh, all right, let's get to the fresh faves. This is one of my favorite parts of the show, Brim. I'm gonna ask all you right. a couple of your favorites, and hopefully, you answer them. And Promise are you I ready? Will. I'm ready first. Who is your favorite hero? All right. So the truth is, is that there's two different answers depending on mechanics or 
aesthetics. And that's kind of true for like all of the questions you're going to ask me. Um, because aesthetically, it's Leviah. Like the first time I ever saw the game was Leviah. I thought she was awesome looking. I like the Lovecraftian, all I love, all, all the way her cards look. I think it's so sick. Um, I like a weird tentacle lady uh, <laughs> who, who, who does demonic magic. Uh, yeah, that was just like me. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I love Leviah, Um and I've been playing her a lot. Actually, I almost brought her to the ProQuest. Um, Ethan Van Sant has been putting out these really, really good Leviah decks. I feel like he's kind of cracking the code finally. He's the best, um, isn't he? He's so good at things. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've been playing his Hexagore list and I can't wait to try out his Blood Rush Bella list that he just posted. Um, but I've, I have been having a lot of fun with the Hexagore list. Um, but mechanically, I think the hero that really... So I, I was falling in love with the game before May of 2021 mm -hmm. or 2022. Um, last year but when i started playing kano i thought i felt like i was seeing through the matrix uh, <laughs> of like how the game worked and i i think the flavor of making people learn literal like arcane knowledge <laughs> like hidden <laughs> concepts of the game to ruin people's day um you know, and just having people who are like, I'm going to fight you with a sword and you're going to be like, I'm going to read the book really hard. So I you don't even get the chance is some of the most amazing design in any game, like video game. It's like up there with FromSoft's game gameplay. Mm -hmm. um, and I just I once I like really wrapped my head around what Kano did, I, I was so I was like doubly impressed with Flesh and Blood. Um, and I, I think so. Those two, Kano and Leviah are my favorite heroes. Totally fair. Totally fair. Um, though I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Kano. But just <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I lose to a lot of Kanos, but doesn't matter. Next, um, <laughs> favorite weapon. Favorite weapon is Hexagore. Hell yeah! I think Hexagore is. I, I for me, I think having a two for six on the board is disgusting, and it's pretty amazing that they were able to balance it where it didn't completely break the game. Like, that is, like, you know, I think people who know I play a lot of Wizard might be like, oh, she'll just say Waning Moon or Crucible of Ether. Those weapons aren't very fun or interesting to me. Like, they're useful, and, you know, Waning Moon is very powerful. But, I don't know, there's not a lot of flavor there for me mm -hmm. of just, like, doing arcane damage. Um, I think Hexagore is so so crazy and cool um <laughs> and i really starting to fall in love with levi's mechanic too um i don't like that all she does is turn it off yeah. but it, there i think that can actually be exploited um and i i have a few concepts of how they're going to do it she's just so close to being broken yeah like <laughs> she's so close to being broken and when they do they're just I think they're being very careful with brute because it can be a pretty intense way thing to play against. Um if 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 it gets too intense. Um but I think Hexagore is the coolest just because it's it looks crazy and it's just so relentless. Like it's just when you have you know, ten blood debt and you can just every turn just be like six. <laughs> I didn't even have to do it. I had one card. Uh it's crazy and i like i like when you get that going yeah it's pretty awesome and it's like one of those things that i've said it before it's uh it's it's um leviah's like signature weapon right so when leviah ll so does hexagore so and i think that it will take hexagore to be in a spot where it's insane for leviah to ll that's how powerful that card is like if some once it like it's truly broken it's just I mean, we, we, like it's two for six. It's, it's incredible. I mean, it's not like the hoops aren't even that bad, right? You know, you just have to have go. You have to turn off the blood debt and have go again to just like not take damage at the end of the turn. You could still take the damage. You like don't have to like you know. Well, it's crazy when you actually play Leviathan. You're not actually 
having that you're not actually taking that much damage like it's really easy to block she has a huge fridge you know like you've got scabs and you've got carrion husk <laughs> i i feel like i get people to like half their life before i get to below 30 oh yeah like most of the time if i'm taking damage it's from myself it's a whiff um, typically right you know right or it's like i had to block something especially against a guardian or something and then i i didn't have the cards to turn it off um but i mean yeah she can be really relentless and powerful and i think hexagor really like you said like it it's gonna it's gonna have to get really broken to go away but yeah. i think it i think it will <laughs> yeah yeah one one day <laughs> we, we i think all of us levi players sound the same like it's, it's so close you know it's just like <laughs> one thing i swear to god we're gonna say that for 10 years but <laughs> i i think the next set where brute is is featured it's gonna just be over for a little while and people are going to be really mad at us. <laughs> yeah, I, I sure hope so. Honestly, you know, it's our time soon though. I will say this meta sounds like it's pretty good for Brute right now. So we'll see with the bands, but. Um, oh, I, I won my last armory on Reinar. He's insanely broken in Blitz. Oh yeah. And he's, he's there in, in CC too. So uh, look he's out. not bad in CC. He's like, yeah. I would say he's A tier right now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, what's your favorite equipment? Equipment. What is my favorite equipment? Gosh, it's hard not to say a legendary. Mm -hmm. I, I, could, I would want to be, maybe be. I mean, like, if I didn't, if I don't say a legendary, no, I'll just say Storm Striders. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's Storm Striders. <laughs> uh, that card is. It just allows for some of the weirdest stuff in the game. Um. And everyone hates it because <laughs> yeah. of the stuff it allows. Um, but that's why I think it's um, it's a really strong and really powerful ability that you have to you have to know a lot of stuff to make the most of it. Though, like For sure. you can you can pop storm striders when you're nowhere near close to having lethal, um, and then just like whiff, and then they're like, okay, you have to deal with my attack that's gonna kill you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh it's an interesting like little magic flavor uh i like i like storm shatters a lot great answer it's a great answer it's, it's a great card um you know my, my go-to legendary is always carrying husk but lately i've been really loving skullhorn as, as a card as like a non-legendary equipment like, no <laughs> yeah, that, the card's <laughs> awesome so um you know i appreciate the the storm striders but you know i'm packing my ab2 don't worry I, I still haven't like embraced rolling. It's like oh, I, yeah. I, I, I've completely like understood and wrapped my head around discarding mm -hmm. and like the randomness with that. You can like really reduce it to like, well, I will have one more card in my hand or I only have three in my, my graveyard and they go to my banner zone. You can like reduce the RNG, but I hate rolling. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate just being like, well, my, my turn would be really good if I had two action points. So I'm not even asking for three. I just need two. And then you roll a one and your turn's over. I hate that feeling so uh, much. <laughs> I get it. I, trust me, I get it. But it's the sixes that we continue to do it for. So Yeah, you know. it's the big two for eights for some reason that we have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, what's your favorite run-of-the-mill car? Non-equipment, uh, non you know, all that other stuff, like your your attack actions, your non-attack actions, your instants. Hmm. A run-of-the-mill card. Things that you put in your deck. I think... So the very first deck I ever bought into, uh, like, when I was like... Because there, there was a period in my mind where I had to be like, it's okay to spend some money on these cards. <laughs> like that was a hurdle for me to get over. I've never, you know, played a card game. So I, it was like $10, $10 for a majestic. This is crazy. But I, the first one I ever bought was Viscerai. Um, I'd opened up a lot of Viscerai cards. Um, just open because, you know, arcane non surprisingly was like a set I was really drawn to. Mm -hmm. And, um, found that whole aesthetic really cool he's like all goth and, and you know spooky spooky um 
And when when in the Starvo meta when he was really good, um, before they banned Blood Sheath, that was sort of the my main deck. And uh I the the card that I love seeing more than anything was Mordertide. Sure. Um just a it just felt so unfair. Uh, <laughs> um and I loved playing it, and I still love even when I play Viscera. Oh, when we, when I right right before he vis, uh, LL'd in Blitz, um, it was just always just like, ooh, great, Mordratide turn, can't wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we no, have I love Mordratide. One and a half turns to play. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're about to get killed. <laughs> That's a great answer. I think. Uh, well, I know my co-host Gary's gonna love that one. Uh, but oh yeah, uh, Gary met him at uh, the Battle Hardened. Yeah, yeah, lovely yeah. guy. Yeah, just 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 the. Big weirdo with a pillow, uh, as, as I like to, <laughs> but that was the, the fresh faves. And those are all great answers. All, all answers are always valid unless they're something to do with prism, but who I do okay. not like, yeah, well, you know what? that's why we're kindred spirits. Bryn. Now I thought before we say goodbye, I think it would be kind of just fun to kind of like, cause I view you or when, whenever I have a guest on, I like to kind of like figure out, well, what what are they good at? You know, like have Michael Hamilton on, we'll talk about, you know, like. Being great know, at Icelander. Being good at the the game and, and all that stuff. <laughs> but I look at Brent and, you know, in our conversations, I've always found you to be very introspective and kind of have a good grasp on reality, I think, is, is, is um, well, I hope um, we'll find out. I think no. so. <laughs> <laughs> but I always felt that you had like, a you know, you had a, a good perspective on things. So. I felt like it would be a good time to take a, a check in on how Flesh and Blood's doing this past weekend. The calling in Indianapolis happened, and it was a smash hit. And um, and then we have... <laughs> right outs- off without a hitch. No complaints. <laughs> no complaints. And Auckland's <laughs> coming down the road. I'm sure it's going to be great, too. And then we have Outsiders, and, and all of it's going to be wonderful. But, you know, I, I thought it would be, you know, kind of fun to talk about it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we could both agree that the, the Flesh and Blood community is a fascinating beast. Uh, it sure. is filled with so many different personalities, which is one, you know, one thing I definitely, I do enjoy, uh, which, which kind of <laughs> lends itself to a hero or lends itself to the hero identity part of the game. Um, where would you sure. gauge the current health of the game from a gameplay uh, uh, standpoint? You know, it's really interesting. I've had to learn a lot about people's TCG players you know, not to use it super lightly, but like kind of shell shock, you know, of just being into a new game. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't experienced the past 10, 15 years of people who have gotten into new games and then that game just goes away. Um, and that must feel really horrible. <laughs> like the amount of time and, and, amount of my life that I've put into this game already just in one year um, feels like I have, you know, I've made all kinds of new friends, um, like not, you know, online and otherwise um, in person who I like hang out with daily. And it's really kind of taken this really great place in my life because, you know, I, I've spent all of my 20s in New York City and I'm in my 30s now and I did a lot of drinking. And uh, now I don't really drink as much, you know, I'm a little older. And what do you do on a Tuesday night? How do you hang out with your friends as an adult can be kind of a difficult problem to solve for adults. But this has just been like, great, I hang out with my friends and I go play cards at like two nights a week. Um, and it's just been really great, very healthy sort of way to do things. So I think... For me, at least just from my bubble of New York City, the community is growing rapidly. Um, feels like every couple of months we're seeing all kinds of new faces and like the all the stores I go to are like barely containing the amount of people we have. You know, they have to cap their armories now because they don't have enough seats. Um, and New York City is has a lot, famously small places. Um, so the growth of the game... You know, and also they reported, Deloitte reported that Flesh and Blood or LSS is like historically fast growing for a New Zealand company. <laughs> um, they're, they've grown like 600% in three years. Um, so f- just from my perspective, it seems like we've gotten past the dreaded three-year mark 
Um, we have what looks to be probably the best set they're ever going to release or have released um, coming in Outsiders. Um, lots of new heroes, old heroes. They're really focusing on draft. They've got Brian Gottlieb now like mm-hmm. in their corner, and that seems like a really big deal. Um, they've got the professor working with them who is, you know, clearly a huge champion of the community, someone who a lot of people really respect. Um, and whatever that product is, my suspicion is that it's actually the PVE product. Um, I have no insider knowledge at all. I'm just totally rambling. Um, (laughs) but I think there's a lot of crazy things that are going to happen this year. Um, and I think what people forget is that the reason companies die is because they're owned by a large company who doesn't see the profit after three years and they just cut and run because they're like, oh, no one really cares about this anime or it's not making us, you know, we're not literally printing money hand over fist, so we're just ending it. That's oftentimes what happens. The other time is they weren't making enough money or they had a a funder or, you know, some sort of venture uh, investor who just cuts out because they run out of money or the 2008 financial collapse happens, uh, which is what happened to that, that game, the spoils. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't seem like it can happen to LSS. Like what would have to happen to LSS is James White would have to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it really, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously knock on wood, you yeah, know, protect, yeah, yeah. protect that man at all costs. But like, I think it appears the way they're presenting it is that they have the money to continue to print this game for many years. They're planning on it and no one's cutting and running. Um, it doesn't seem like they're beholden to investors or shareholders and it's up to them how long they want to go. And it only seems to be growing. We've only had one worlds and two pro tours and they've all gone great. Well, not great, but the, the negatives that they have had have been addressed and sort of, explained why they happened and how they're fixing them and i think it's just they're a company that wants to have longevity and they're focusing on that i think a lot of the things that people see is like why aren't they doing this why aren't they doing it like this game or why aren't they doing it like this game i think it's because people aren't used to seeing a a company nurture and grow a product at a regular speed um because most people get into it to make 10x and cash out yeah, yeah. And, you know, LSS is clearly here to tend to their garden until they're old. Um, it's a very old school way of doing things. And I feel like, I feel like it might just work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, the old, like a lot of these old companies, you know, like that are still around, right? Like, you know, it, it's, it's dying more and more, right? You know, you go around your, your hometown and you, you you see like the 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 pharmacy that kind of really t- took hold there for <laughs> right. so long and like yeah sure it does not make sense financially to go there when CVS is right down the road but you still go there yeah. because you like the people and 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 whatever they give you that service that y- you want so like this is it's a tried and true method but the you know they've had to deal with growing so fast that you know i I think they were on the brink of like not being able to catch up to their own selves. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. It does but, seem like yeah. they they were like, Oh, we gotta put things into overdrive. But I think that they are trying to be like, Okay, wait, we don't have to go crazy. Let's have a cushion and let's do it at the speed we need to do it and be guided by how many by the player base. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's it's and like you said, it would take something catastrophic like James White to to, to pass yeah. away, which we don't want. But I want to. No, God. <laughs> absolutely not. It's a sweet, sweet man. Please stay with us. But, you know, it, it would take that at this point, And I totally agree for, for this game to die. And and, and I really and it, it feels like this year is the year they catch up with themselves. Right. They it bring does. In, bring to higher, me it does. Hire the right people. I mean, you mentioned Brian Gottlieb, and and it seems, you know, I I have to say that him being so communicative, communicative uh, about the bands was yes. very refreshing. Something we hadn't really seen, you know, uh, and also him being just you know, not not to be so egocentric about America, but when. <laughs> 
when New Zealand is that drastic of a time zone, things can get a little wonky when when communicating to what I have to assume is their largest player base at this point. Right. So sure. So having having at least people in the states that can kind of communicate at our own, you know, whatever time zone and also do what they need to do at their time zone is nice because it's a global game, right? I'm they that's something Absolutely. I imagine they definitely had no like not this soon being such a global game. I don't think they expected it. So it's nice to see. Now, is there anything you would like to see change with the game? And what is their biggest area of improvement? Um, I mean, you, you just mentioned it. Um, and I think they are working on it. Um, but their marketing and their communication has definitely had a lack. Um, Alex just got uh, hired and, you know, he did that cool little regicide video, <laughs> but like to me, you know, and that was cool and good on him, but you know, I think they, they <laughs> to, like, I'm in a band and if this was the marketing I had for one record, I would be pissed. Sure. Like it, it's not enough. You got to have video, you know, high quality videos. You've got to have, um, you know, constant like presence and well-designed advertisements unfortunately to break through certain things and i think they just have kind of been ignoring that for maybe for to rely on word of mouth and you know hearing it from players and that's might be a great idea i'm not in pr i'm not in marketing but i i worry about their 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 presence um and it I think to some people, even though there's been a Worlds and there's been these co-signs from Gottlieb and, and uh, Brian, for the professor, um, still to some people feels like a rinky-dink kind of operation. Sure. That could, people don't haven't researched it as much as we have and are, aren't in it as much as we have. So it, from the outside, it might look like, what is this company? They don't seem to have any money <laughs> uh, because that's, you know, advertising is how people interface with your company. So. While the products are great, um, a lot of it around it, the communication and the marketing, I feel, could, could come up. I would also say in terms of the game, um, I think they do need to be really wary of having only one draftable set a year. Like, I think having Uprising being the only draftable set last year really did hurt, I think, some people's perception of how the game would work. Um not that bad i think they're gonna i think if you liked uprising and you liked the game you're probably gonna stick with it because it's still a really good set but i think having two is going to be really good for this year they're trying to go to japan this year um and i think while i prefer only having to spend the amount of money i spend on three sets <laughs> a year i think they i think they probably do need to have two draft sets every year um because it does seem like people if they, they it gets stagnant. Well, I'll, I'll do you one better, Brent. I want three. I want three a year. Yeah, <laughs> you want three drafts? That's a year. I yeah. I think. I mean, listen. I played. I played Magic the Gathering for a very long time, and and they did four. Right. They did wow. four draftable sets a year. Now every it, quarter. Every quarter. Uh, just about. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they like doubled up. I think or something like that. They did like a core set in the in the summer. Um, I think. Three is 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 doable, you know. I think, especially if you're going to do these seasons of of OP, right? You know, you got your Pro Tour, you got your Worlds, you got your 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 Nationals, right? Mm-hmm. Give give us a draftable set for all three. I think it's it's great, and I think the main reason I want that is, I don't know if you're feeling this, but sometimes the the supplemental sets just kind of. Well, in my my experience so far, kind of kill the armory, uh, kind of vibe, a little bit, right? Because sometimes, you know, it's 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 cool after the supplemental sets. Those first couple of weeks when when people are getting to kind of build these cool decks and stuff like that. But the fallback plan of sealed and draft is 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 such a good thing for stores oh, and, sure. and for players. And and because like sometimes you're just like oh, we don't have time to do 
CC tonight and, and nobody has blitz decks. All right. Sealed <laughs> draft. Let's go. Um, and right. uh, I'm, I'm, you know, but I'm totally right on there with you. More draft sets in a year. And yeah, I, hope- I feel like I, I hear what you're saying. I think I just hope I think what they're hoping for is that outsiders will be such a good one that people will not get bored of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know enough about draft and like the history of people, you know, like you're saying, you you got four a year. Maybe people <laughs> really want to have a new draft set every year to like learn it and like solve it. And that's the whole thing. Um I don't know. I, 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 I'm still like, I still like drafting World of the Wraith. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. I kind of think of it as like a board <laughs> game, you know, like, Oh, if, if we're going to draft, it's going to be like the fun game we all know. Um, so I wonder if that's what they're trying to go for of being like, we don't need to make a whole new one every year, uh, or every, every, every quarter. Um, but I don't know. I don't want them to overshoot because I know they're still a small company and I don't want them to like, I just don't want their design genius to get spread too thin. Uh, sure. But heck, I, I, of course I'd love, I'd love as much as they can give us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, and to be fair with magic with the four drafts, that's a year. I mean, that was, that was, uh, um, you know, the meta would be found out, right quicker right like the, right. Because, because of magic all, online magic online and arena and, and all that stuff so you know flesh and blood can do the two sets maybe even three uh and 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 have a little bit uh more of breathing room there because that would be the annoying thing in, in other games is like all of a sudden it's figured out like that and and there you go right. so um but i had one more note here it said why no levias support you know <laughs> Well, <laughs> we kind of talked about it, but you know, I, I, that is one thing that's, that's something that I, I, I have an issue with the supplemental sets. I, you know, I feel like it gives a little bit of support to the original characters. Reinar, yeah. But Reinar um, gets a swing big. Reinar gets a skull crack, a berserk. Yeah. They, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, well, they uh, apparently Berserk is supposed to be Levi card. I don't know. <laughs> Berserk has some cool synergy with Levi. Have you played that Berserk deck? I actually haven't because I, I, I got, I went so all in on the Reinar Berserk that I just didn't, you know, get around to doing mm. it with Levi. It's really hard to pull off when you do. It's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I agree. I don't understand why. To me, it's like it's less about being able to play Levi and be good it's more just like i want to see more art like that oh like they're a little afraid of giving me tentacle monsters and i don't understand why they don't want to give me tentacle (laughs) monsters uh (laughs) i i think the really cool big uh what the hell was that um that big guy they gave us for the rune blade some kind of huge thing in 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 dynasty that was like a big monster um oh in looming doom not looming doom, oh, the no? other one. Uh, I don't remember what oh, it was. Oh, in called. Diabolic Ultimate. There you go. I have it right in front of me, actually. <laughs> Look at that. Boom. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a looming doom. That's kind of funny. I just have like random Dynasty Majestics over here. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. really well. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're so good at it. Pull really good pulls. Uh, no, that that kind of stuff. I'm just like, yes, give me huge Bloodborne bosses uh, on my cards, please. Um, but Leviathan—that's her whole thing. She's a Leviathan. She's gotta have, supposed to have big old ones, and you know, dark elder gods. And I'm not seeing enough of them. And I—I'm <laughs> <laughs> hoping that whatever we get, wherever we go to next, we get more of that kind of stuff. Because I—I I feel like we're going to the metrics, and then we're probably gonna go to Mysteria and like, come on now, where's the monsters? Give me the Savage Lands, <laughs> uh, but. I don't know. I'm just excited to get to Outsiders first. Hopefully, maybe Riptide pulls up some tentacles with his hooks. But For sure. We will see. But, Bryn, this has been a, a blast. Uh, totally yeah. fun to chat with you, always. Um, I would please uh, love for you to plug anything you'd like to plug. Sure. Um, you can listen to my Flesh and Blood show. It's called Banner Zone. It's on YouTube. Just Google Banner Zone. Uh maybe Bryn if it doesn't come up. I think it should. Um, you can follow me at 
Banish Zone on Twitter. Um, yeah, I have another show about movies. If you want to hear me talk about movies, it's called Generation Loss. Um, don't really talk about card games at all. So, you know, if you don't want to hear very silly jokings about movies, don't listen to it. But <laughs> if you do, you can. Um, oh, yeah, we also have a Discord. Um, I, I don't know how to link to a Discord, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, you'll find it from the, it's in the description of all of our stuff. So, yeah, just check out the Banish Zone. Cool. All of it will be in the show notes here as well. Uh, you Wonderful. all can continue to find me on Twitter at FreshBudsPod. You can uh, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. At 500 subscribers, I'm going to cosplay as Adult Leviathan. I'm going to have those tentacles Woo! that we've been talking about all this whole episode. <laughs> it's going to oh, be a, yeah. a real blast. And we're going to do it live. And Gary's going to be the, the rabbit that she kills. Um, uh, what else? Uh, if you, if you're listening on Spotify or anything like that, give us a little review or like a, a rating or anything like that. All that helps. And, um, check out the buds discord, which is a, is, is a great hang there. And, uh, yeah, I, I had so much fun with everyone at the calling Indianapolis this past weekend. It, it was wonderful. <laughs> and I cannot I'm wait. I'm so sad. I missed it. I'm sad you missed it too, Bryn. Now, <laughs> The age-old question. Just tell us right now, what was the sandwich you had just eaten right before the show? Uh, it was uh, so. There's this place around the corner. Uh, it's a couple blocks from my house called Brooklyn Bakery. Um, I think that's what it's called. I have only been going there for a couple of weeks um, because I just realized they have sandwiches. They have these. It's like a little French bistro cafe, and they have something called a hot turkey. Um, that's just this big fluffy not even that crunchy but just crunchy in the ways you want of a of a baguette with turkey and and butter and cheese and bacon uh and it was very very good um that's what i was eating um there's also <laughs> a brand new place that's right next door and i wanted to go there but i didn't think i'd have time before the show called nene's tacos which is birria tacos mm. which is like stewed meat and melted cheese and a crispy red taco it's incredible that sounds amazing i'm hungry as always <laughs> at the end of the show i do it to myself but Bryn, thank you so much everyone uh please have a great weekend and and be safe and awesome goodbye bye <laughs>